0: This is the Blatcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Aquaman, dedicated to true justice and peace for all mankind. So, kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two
1: hours and 56
0: minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Blatt.
1: Welcome to the lost kingdom of podcasts, the Blattcast. Uh, we have built up this kingdom, but it's been seemingly lost for thousands of years. As always, I am Christian Blatt. That is the Grand Poobah, Poobah Emeritus of the Blackcast. I don't know what your title is. Will Sterling.
2: I'll take it. Yeah.
1: I mean, you've got a title. I'm just not sure exactly what it is. That's and uh, also welcoming back to the show, Thomas Parham. Tom, thank you for joining us. I know it's a, it's a tad late where you are. Uh, okay. Not joining us for this, although he often would for a DC movie. Our, our pal Raging Rhino, who mentions in the chat, I'm not seeing the movie until tomorrow, so I'll have to watch this later. Uh, but I want to wish Black Cast Nation a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Cheers. But obviously, here at the Blackcast, you know we do celebrate Life Day. So happy Life Day to you, <laughs> Raging Rhino. And I think it's important that we establish that we'll eventually be talking about this movie with any and all spoilers attached to it. But before we get to that, I know my buddy Will Sterling has some big news, huge news. Couldn't believe when I found it out. Will Sterling, you have an iPhone now.
2: Oh yes. I thought Oh my gonna, gosh. I thought you were going to talk about something else. But, know, uh,
1: no, 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 no. I, I, like, I know I knew, what? Yeah, I knew you thought I, I was going to talk about something else.
2: Even Tom has that big of a reaction like yeah. the world the world when, stopped today when they when, when people have found out that when I When I
1: texted back to you earlier today and the right. message came up blue, yeah. I was like w- it, it can't be. It just <laughs> cannot. None of us. One of us. Uh, Yeah, yeah,
2: and I'm I'm doing this podcast now from my new MacBook Pro. So, to be honest, I had to humble myself and my uh, my ego and and belief that the Android is still a superior operating machine. But I have a project uh, that requires fluidity of workflow, and um, Apple is makes it easier for the rest of the world and myself to be able to contribute to to this project. So. You know, it only yeah. made, sense. It made sense. And I'm too old to care about these stupid things like like phone and identity, you know, it, whatever.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I uh, allowed myself to uh, get bullied into uh, the, joining the uh, iPhone ranks. And it was very simple because my wife was like, well, don't you want to be able to FaceTime with the kids? And there's <laughs> only so many times that you're like, oh, I could Zoom, I could Skype, I could, man, yeah, Right. And uh, the only other holdout that I really knew, other than Jason Blair, I believe he's a a ride or die for Android, but um, my brother-in-law, Richard, who was uh, on the show a few months back uh, when the Dungeons & Dragons movie came out, uh, he really dug in. He really did not want to, uh, but having him in our family group chat just really messes up anytime you share a video, which was part of the reason I got bullied into it. So... Will Sterling. I took
2: forcing all of my friends to get WhatsApp so that way we could all have a group chat where things could move smoothly.
1: Right, exactly. And so, Will Sterling, I would like to extend to you a patented black cast. Welcome to the party, pal. Because (laughs) now you're here. And then also other big news. Will, I know once upon a time, you swore that you would never – you would rather die than get a fake Christmas tree.
2: <laughs> you saw that face, <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh-huh. And uh, I believe- Oh, I should plug any- it in
2: so I can show
1: it. Yeah. Well, I believe when you commented, uh, when you posted that, I commented the exact same thing. I did indeed give you an official- Welcome to the party,
2: pal. That's right. Uh, I mean, two, two, two for two this month. I have oh. a lot of like uh, kind of retro decorations and stuff in this little dining area, and I didn't want to deal with tree I'm also the month of December. I'm not home like a majority of the month. So I was like, I'm just going to do my, I'm going to, I'm going to forsake Charlie Brown and get like a sort of throwback aluminum Christmas tree style, you know? uh, Well, I
1: for one, I for one love that tree. And uh, will the, the real big news that you have, of course uh, involves something that we've been talking about for a long time on the show. And it's not just the return of the motivation report. (laughs) That's right.
2: A lot of things. Oh, the, the book. Yeah. The book. Yes. Yes. Uh, The debut novel, which I feel like that's what people say because it sounds fancy, but it's just like, that's, that's a first book, but that's how you try to get people stoked on the fact that you've done the first book that you're actually releasing. Uh, And I think
1: long, long long-term listeners or viewers of the black cast should be very excited because it is a, it's another step to the world domination of the will to Uh, The book is available for pre-orders, correct?
2: That's correct. It's called Fame by Misadventure. Uh, You can, I mean, Amazon and Barnes & Noble are the fastest place to find it uh, for pre-order. And um, bookshop.org, some of the things, I think Goodreads, it's on there and all those like kind of booky websites. Um, But most people do Amazon and Barnes & Noble. but today we took another step in the will-tourage. I hope you bring that up. I don't want to spoil. Oh yeah,
1: no, no, no. We'll, we'll welcome everybody to the party because uh, Will is now, you know, on his way to, uh, you know, being a published author. Uh, yeah. So again, we'll we'll talk in general terms for a little while, and I'll try and flash something up on the screen and leave it there when we really dive into the spoilers. But Will, this was also the first time that uh, you and I uh, actually were officially. Labeled as an entourage, That's thanks right. to That's right. uh, American Multi Cinemas, which is the uh, full name for uh, AMC. Uh, exactly. Oh, that what that stands for? I just always- yeah. My my son asked me uh, very recently, so I had to look it up. <laughs> so American Multi Cinemas is okay. uh, is is the name of uh, the company. Yes, indeed. Uh, you and I were part of the same entourage, the Wilterage. And uh if you see that uh, image for our visual audience <laughs> you can see that uh, Thomas you were there with us in spirit, in spirit. <laughs> yeah uh, so we put you uh, we put you up on the on the big screen so that uh, well the the little screen but uh, it's because there you are really dressed for the part uh, me right. of course I always like to, wear the away team's jersey uh, <laughs> when I uh, go into uh, any kind of battlefield or court. So uh, I did wear my Marvel sweatshirt. It actually uh, wasn't yeah. entirely intentional. It was uh, there was something crazy in Los Angeles uh, today. It was raining. It's been yeah. raining. And, yeah. uh, you know, you remember enough, Tom, that uh, well, there's a lot that goes to that. So it, we did it, also be known we, that in the
2: name of the holiday, the hat that I was wearing in the photo says les incompetents. <sighs>
1: for Kevin McAllister of Home Alone, you know? Oh, uh, look at that. Uh, So, well, Will, I kind of, I sort of want to leave you in the big window because uh, if anybody deserves it, uh, (laughs) it's will, but uh, it's all right. So we did indeed earlier today... Go actually, Will and I. I mean, we were. I was still in the parking lot at the Grove uh, an hour ago. You know, I was going way down, zigzagging down and down and down. But had enough time to have dinner with the kids. So we did indeed see it. And Tom, I know you saw it before we did. And thank you for sitting through an eight-minute preamble. But there's a lot of excitement going <laughs> on for here in Black Cast Nation, and we wanted to share it with everyone. Uh, Tom, I would like to let you go first. Your overall expectations heading into Aquaman 2 after the first one, and uh, then you can sort of dovetail into what you actually thought once once you were sitting in the seat and watching it.
0: I mean, to everyone's surprise, Aquaman 2 pre-Barbie was Warner Brothers' second highest grossing movie ever. You mean
1: the first? the first Aquaman was?
0: Aquaman 1
1: yes right, right. which
0: caught everybody off guard i mean it was a sleeper hit and um this to say this production was troubled <laughs> yeah is a uh, an understatement uh, a, a buddy of mine who works in the industry told me at comic-con that they had gone through multiple sets of reshoots and it was testing really poorly and we didn't see trailers i don't think we saw a trailer a teaser trailer with Flash for Aquaman.
2: Nope, you didn't.
0: And I think we saw a little something with uh, Blue Beetle. So expectations were low. I mean, how are you going to top the sleeper hit? And then there's the whole Amber Heard, Johnny Depp
2: mess. Oh, yeah. Which, can we just
0: accept that they're both horrible people, except for he's a better actor?
2: I... I couldn't even – there was so so many people were so into that stuff that I was like, I have other things to do that I still don't really understand what any of it was about, and I'm going to remain that
1: way. I yeah, didn't. no, I, I think that there's uh, some key things to do with it, but you can understand from a, a marketing standpoint, it was not necessarily uh, something that uh, Warner Brothers wanted to have to deal with. And I've talked about this before, and uh, you know, we'll probably talk about it again the way that this film was marketed to Tom's point, once they did start marketing it, you would have no idea that Amber Heard is in this movie. They talk about family all the time. So you would infer that Nicole Kidman was playing his wife in this movie, except of course she's (laughs) his mother. Uh, But so, you know, there was finally like the last trailer. I saw Amber Heard for like a second. And I'm like, I bet that's something, some language in the contract that (laughs) she needs to be in in at least one of the trailers but yeah and i think that uh, that is a that's a bit of a problem because you know she's you know, in the news, in a way, far different than Ezra Miller was. But again, you're having somebody getting people's attention for the wrong reason. So you have mm-hmm. to figure out how to deal with that. It's interesting. I'm watching the number of live viewers. Once we started actually talking about the movie, the number dwindled <laughs> by quite a bit. <laughs> so it's just I, interesting. Well. Oh, fuck yeah. off, man. I'm out of here. Bye. Yeah, they're like, oh, will I got to go. get. Well, you know what they did? They probably all went to go pre order the book.
2: Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> nice. They can multitask. Just yeah. open a new tab. It's fine.
1: So, all right, Tom, so you get to actually see the film. You get to see Aquaman. It's not even called Aquaman 2, The Lost Kingdom. It's just Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. So uh, what did you think, sir?
0: I was pleasantly surprised.
1: Um, I don't think
0: anybody will dispute that the two best actors in the franchise are uh, Nicole Kidman. When she's not doing a weird accent and she's speaking in her plain you know. Standard American English accent versus some things I've heard her do. And then Patrick Wilson, big Patrick Wilson fan ever since uh, Angels in America and Little Children. And, you know, he's just been so many good things. Watchmen, all three versions of Watchmen that Zack Snyder made. But I thought it was interesting that they yeah. leaned into the, the family aspect was present, but it was basically a redemption arc for Ocean Master, which, and I've never really liked ocean master the character from the comics because he didn't make any sense. He's just, I wasn't sure how they were related. Uh, He was just always, he was just evil and didn't have any nuance and they've done a really, they did a really good job even in this movie that the first movie didn't do giving him a real character to play. So uh, I thought that was a smart move. Uh, What's fascinating. I'm a big aqua fan. uh, And there were a lot of storylines, kind of in typical Marvel fashion. DC doesn't do it as well as Marvel has, but they took a lot of storylines over Aquaman's 80-year history and put them in a, put them in a Cuisinart. <laughs> because, and th- this is a spoiler alert for the comic books from the 70s. In the original Aquaman title run, before they started rebooting at the drop of a hat, when Black Manta finally took off his helmet, we found out he was indeed black and he killed Aqua Baby. And so when he says, I'm going to kill everybody you care about, I'm like, please, I hope in the 21st century, we're not going to kill a cute little baby. So, um, but no, I thought (laughs) Manta's, I thought Manta's also, they leaned into Yahya Yahya Abdul-Mateen, the second one, an Emmy for Best Supporting for Watchmen, the t- the miniseries on t- HBO. Sure. And so he was front and center as the primary villain since you're 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 turning you know the the brother, the sibling rivalry. You know we get a redemption arc for Orm, but Black Manta is front and center as the bad guy, and he's got this he's found this black trident. And Cordax is a character from the comics. Did they do them like they did them in the comics? No, but get over it. It's the, it's the <laughs> movies. Uh, I mean, there's so many years, I mean, literally decades of Aquaman's history, you know, Peter David and uh, Jeff Johns and going back to the, uh, Jim Aparo. I forget who was the writer on the '70s, late 70s run, but they, they pulled a lot of strings. Plus, Jason Momoa was the one who came out with the environmentally conscious arc, which I thought... That's fitting because you know the whole thing with Atlantis, and it's it's funny because uh, Talo Khan, the Marvel MCU version of Atlantis, also has this anti-surface dweller thing going on, but tying it all together to make give it further impetus to you know m- have Aquaman caught in the middle because Manta's a surface dweller who's basically accelerating global warming. So I was pleasantly surprised. Is it great? Me, uh, let no. me
1: let me interject on that point, uh, Tom, because I think uh, a lot of times a movie has a message of an actual real-world global problem, and uh, sometimes it works really well, and other times it just feels so forced in there. This was very logical to say like, well, yeah, here's what they're doing and here's the impact. You know, they're trying to warm up the earth so that uh, they can, you know, unfreeze the sky. Uh, and so this was definitely one of those instances where you're like, yeah, it completely makes sense. And at one point, uh, Manta is even like, yeah, it was it was happening anyway. We just sped it up a little bit. Uh, you know, but he doesn't say this, but I feel like by a few hundred years but um will i'd uh, like to know your thoughts because uh intentionally as especially because we were recording this you know i mean we we were sitting down in the theater like three and a half hours ago Will. so sure. you know it wasn't wasn't really that long ago so uh it's all it's all still very fresh for will and i really i i it. actually don't know what you thought about uh any of the film um
2: i think in general now, I think I'm also at a place where there's so many of these movies in this content that like, it just doesn't serve a purpose to get upset or angry or up and ar- I you know what I mean? Like there is almost, because as soon as the one thing's here, the next thing is coming and it, like, there's very few things that I'm super precious about. I suppose if somebody was making like the Wally West movie, I would be like, okay, okay. I have very high expectations. Um. But for a lot of these characters, I'm like, I love Aquaman and I, you know, read that book for a while. And Jeff Winstead, I think, sent me those that run from the 80s, which I want to say that blue suit is kind of modeled after. Yeah,
1: that's the I think the 1985. I think it's pre-crisis. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it's a yeah. Our buddy Jeff Winstead is a huge fan of that specific era, but that miniseries of Aquaman. Yeah.
2: Yeah
0: that suit was dope. <laughs> yeah, Yes.
2: Yeah, so it's, it's like a fun, just a cool reference that they could work that in. But, um, I you know, it, it's fi- it was fine. I don't think it was great. I don't think it was terrible. But at the same time, I just kind of kept feeling like a, it's just a bit of a bummer that with The Flash and even this, I mean, aside from Ezra's problems and a whole bunch of other things, that you're just sort of watching a dead franchise fizzle out you yeah. know, and, and you know, I know that there's more to come. And even then I'm like, I want to be excited and I'll check some of that stuff out, but I'm like too busy now to really get my personal feelings like wrapped up in a lot of this stuff the way I feel like I used to. Like I remember when Batman vs Superman came out and everybody just unequivocally shat all over it. I was like, are you, did we see the same movie? And I was like, the you know what I mean? Like felt, and Man of Steel, same thing. You know, like I feel like I saw that in the theater with both of you more than once. Um, and there was a hill to die on, and that, and and I don't even consider myself like a Snyderverse boy, you know. I just right. liked those movies. Um, So I think there were things to like about this. I similar to Tom, I'm a huge Patrick Wilson fan. I just love him to death. I think that he's a, a very underrated actor, or maybe he's exactly rated as he needs to be. I don't know. But um it was nice to see to see him get an arc, and I, I loved him in the first one because he just really leaned into how hammy that villain part was and it worked. He played it perfectly. Like, yeah, it wasn't written great, but he made it and the costume design when he was actually ocean master looked fantastic. And the first one was, took me by surprise too. And I really liked it. Um, And, but it's been five years. And so I don't know if it's, this is the same or if it's just so much has happened in such a, in, in that time that like, I think at the end of the day, it's like, it's a bummer to know that everybody, Knew, knows that this movie is just kind of like the the whimper instead of the bang, you know, at the end of everything. So it's not bad, but um, it's a it's a, it's a movie for sure. And everybody, I think, had fun and did a good job and tried really hard. And it's like there's nothing. I don't want to talk shit on something that's like,
1: no, but I mean, I think that, uh, you know, there's your, your honest feelings. And I agree. There is a feeling that's kind of like, you know, that a show was canceled, but you're still watching the episodes on your DVR because you're like, I kind of, I like this. I want to see how it plays out. And then some of it's your imagination on what could have happened next, what might've happened next. And uh, all of that. And I think that, uh, you know, for all of the you know the the knocks that people are likely to give the DCEU this you know the mark one the pre James Gunn era uh the casting I, I think for all of the justice league was uh phenomenal and i mean this Jason Momoa aquaman was very exciting because you know, I mean, the Aquaman that I knew best was the one from the Super Friends, you yeah. know, and uh, I have uh, since that first movie, I've read some comics that, uh, Will, you were kind enough to loan to me. And oh, yeah, you kind of get a set. You get a sense for for, you know, who he was. But I mean, even in Peacemaker, they're making jokes about him, you know, which, yeah, you yeah. know, and he shows so,
2: up to make a joke about himself, which is so yeah,
1: cool. right. You exactly.
2: Know, like MMO, is so. Great?
1: Yeah. So I was, I was excited to see him. I thought that, uh, there, he brings that sense of humor that I think sets him apart, even from Patrick Wilson. You know, it's like, I can't believe you can make jokes like this. I, I, there's little, there's little side comments where will, I believe you and I both chuckled, you know, where he called him skinny jeans. I uh, thought it was particularly funny that he called him Loki at one point because uh, that (laughs) is very much the dynamic we're getting in a lot of this movie is, you know, Loki uh, reluctantly uh, helping Thor also after being broken out of prison but that's okay you know I mean these are there's a lot of stories like that you know uh so and it what it, you know it's like it's good don't run from that idea that people might make that comparison and it's just sort of like yeah you kind of shrug it off you know and I, I think they they handle it in a good way um my biggest problem with the first one the first movie was manta uh didn't didn't buy into it Uh, I thought the helmet was stupid. And you know what? The helmet is still stupid. It is so big. I can't imagine anybody could wear it in that way. And uh, I think he was more interesting in this one for sure. Because it's not just him. You know, he's sort of taken over. And uh, the the other kind of running gag I had after we first got our trailers for this was Manta's like, I'm going to hurt him. I'm going to kill his family. And he's going into all that. And I'm like, okay, so he's the Jason Momoa character from the last fast and furious movie. <laughs> so he's like, basically I, I'm going to momoa momoa in this. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, and look, that's a marketing department. That's whatever. Just, it was, it, it struck me as kind of funny. Um, huge shout out to Randall park, who is on the short list of actors who inhabit both the DCEU and the insane. MCU, yeah. him and, uh, JK Simmons. Uh, those come to mind immediately. I don't know who else. Oh um, uh Hansu. Yeah, right. There you go. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh and Willem let, Defoe. Willem Dafoe, yeah, let us know. Oh yeah, Willem Defoe. Yeah. Uh, let us know he in the chat. Uh anybody who comes up It was Willem uh,
0: DeFriend you know. in the last one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> um so yeah, but I I so I thought that a lot of that stuff was interesting and look, my preoccupation uh for the Amber Heard Johnny Depp trial was very limited. But when I heard, no pun intended with that word, sorry, when it was reported that one of their grievances was that she shit in the bed, it got my attention. I was focused. I'm like, I want to hear more about this. So, to include the scene where she steers Arthur Junior's urine into Jason Momoa's face, I'm like, ah, was this? How old is this cut of this movie? Has nobody watched it in a while and thought? For a second, eh, you know, that didn't really advance the story. It's, it's an all right joke. I was going to say it took me out of the movie for a second. <laughs> but, uh, I, but I'm but i also on record that um, I, I you know, I've changed enough diapers that uh, I, even before I had kids, though, uh, you know, uh, there's some Catherine Heigl movie where she has like, she has literal shit on her face. And I'm like, nope not going to see that uh so you know the 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 that's usually not my favorite uh trait of uh baby rearing in movies but these are sort of minor things i think that the bulk of the movie is the two of them together is patrick wilson who's great and i don't know i look he's probably made a bad movie it just i haven't seen it i mean let's Let's uh, talk about, I mean, just for in passing, I mean, that movie Hard Candy with, you know, now Elliot uh, Page. But, you know, I mean, just that portrayal, just like, oh, my gosh, you know. So, yeah, everything I see him in, I think, uh, is great. So, even if it's like, okay, they do a really good job explaining why they're teaming up together again – I'd say even if it didn't make sense, I'm like, that's all right. You bring them back on board. Uh, do, do you feel that uh, that's the, the case, Will, that uh, even if it, they hadn't made it make sense as well as they maybe did, you're like, yeah, but I kind of want to see them together again? Yeah.
2: I and I also love, like, a buddy cop movie. And, you know, that's, uh you know, like Kirk and Spock and the J.J.M. Star Trek. You know, there's always this, like, this is such a common dynamic that, like, Thor and Loki was, were not the, the- – Oh, yeah. No, they, they – they did not write that book, yeah. And uh, But I do think, like, for, you know, from a writing standpoint, it was like, of course they want to get this character back in. But, I, you know, he, he breaks him out of prison, and they start working together. But I'm like, I was kind of keeping track of stuff, and I was like, I think Jason Momoa could have just done all of this by himself. And then he's like, no, I wouldn't be here without him. And I was like, It everything happens in this movie just for the sake of it needing to happen so they can – facilitate having you know I mean like all these it's just uh so it's fun to see that dynamic I like that they gave him an arc uh so it wasn't just like because in the comics yeah like Tom said he is very mustache twirly villain for the sake <laughs> of being a
1: villain right.
2: um, and uh so nice to see that come come full circle and then him to eat a hamburger and then to get a mid credit yeah. sequence of him putting a cockroach in it because they were clearly like, fuck it at this point. Who gives a shit? Just, I don't know. Maybe the people stick around, maybe they won't, but that's your credit sequence. Now get the fuck out of here.
1: Yeah. You have to wonder if like the, uh, the old, uh, DC regime, you know, there was like a folder of a bunch of different, uh, Script pages for what could have been a mid or end credit scene in this movie to set up something that maybe was going to happen. You know, uh, at least they didn't uh, trick poor Henry Cavill into thinking once again that he was going to be Superman and then changing. You know, Will and I were talking about that before the movie that he had those like couple days where he's like, "Yeah, I'm back," and then he's yeah. like, uh, "Psych, I'm not." <laughs> so Sad. yeah, what yeah, no, no,
2: no.
0: as uh, even earlier this week, IMDb listed Ben Affleck in this movie, as, oh, really? as Bruce Wayne Batman. So hopefully, yeah,
1: taking that out. I, I did hear that the yeah, that's right. I'm glad you mentioned that because it's not something I heard recently, but I did hear around the time that Flash was out, there was something with Bruce Wayne in this, right? I mean, that's been it was reported well enough that uh, that you remembered it, and uh, I do remember now hearing it. So yeah, they were clearly. You know, continuing their world building, their universe building, you know, uh, towards, I don't know, some kind of reconstituted Justice League. I mean, you know, the the having Wonder Woman in Shazam too, you know. I mean, there was there was definitely a focus that uh I don't know, James Gunn just took the wheel and you know, he's like he didn't drive the car into the ditch he actually stopped the car took the keys threw them out the window and he's like i'm gonna drive a different car but thanks for, thanks for your service you know um but then so then, i'm glad you reminded me of that uh thomas so yeah who knows what role this could have had but will you had said this was supposed to come out before flash right yeah it's supposed to come out a long time ago that's the thing is
2: yeah. it's been so much time in between and they shifted so much stuff around and there was a lot of moments in the script where it felt like they were doing thing. They were answering questions from a test screen audience that sometimes I, I feel like I'll see people course correct. And I'm like, just ignore that feedback. Like sometimes people don't know what they're talking about or what they were like. Randall Park gives a VO moment for like a minute explaining the technology and all this shit. And then Nicole Kidman just explains it again later, like 20 minutes. And that's yeah. like, 10 people in a theater being like, I was kind of confused at the part where there was like the things I think. And like, just ignore those people just stick to what you're doing. It's fun in a movie to have questions and then have them answered later. And like the whole flashback sequence in the beginning, so they could get you up to speed because they knew that you forgot about everything. Um,
1: And wait, let's not forget about Patrick Wilson grabbing the exposition trident in the middle of the movie. Oh yeah, that was that was. Oh wait, I know everything about this. Sit down, this shit is crazy. (laughs) That's right. That's right. And that uh,
0: that reminded me of when we uh, when we found classic Spock in Star Trek Eleven, and he basically says how we got there. Oh (laughs) right. You know, we when he tells uh, new new Kirk,
1: you know, I'm Spock, and Yeah, you get the whole Tells tells Chris Pine everything he needs to know. Uh, Yeah, but, and, you know, to that end, Will, one of the things, again, minor distraction as it's on the screen, there were times where they told us the place where they were on the screen. I'm like, we know, they just said they were going there. And then one of the, you know, so I think that that's the same thing. Test screenings are like, what was this part and what were they doing? one of the locations that they gave us was somewhere in the Atlantic. Oh, really? Is yeah. that where they are? Oh They're in the God. ocean? Yeah. <laughs> what?
2: That's the thing. Also, no one's going to remember the names of any of these fucking places anyway, so who cares? Like, yeah. just go to the place and do the movie. Uh, there could be, and I think they kind of did this with the first one, and it's like they did a little bit with this. There's sort of a weird Indiana Jonesy adventure like, piece of this that like sure. just lean into that. It's fine if people can are confused. It's fun. Like I don't think that people need all these questions answered. And also I'd heard that there was a period where a lot of people were walking out of test screenings and then recently heard that that was because there was a version where they did kill the baby. I don't know if that's true. Oh. But uh, I'd I would be interested right. to, I doubt that
1: they would go that far, but I'd heard that it was uh, there was people walking out of Chester. In the
0: 21st century, I would hope they would.
1: I, 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 yeah. I would assume that that wasn't something that was happening, but uh, you know, I mean, Look, I also I mean, there's there is a way that, you know, you kind of you kind of poke Arthur Jr.'s like hand and there you get a couple drops of blood, you know, I mean, so. Uh, but yeah, so, I so I don't know. I guess that they put a lot of focus on those test screenings and that's kind of the problem. They had so many. Don't I mean, be- this movie has been finished for a long time. Like, let's mm-hmm. not even talk about when it was supposed to be done and all that. It's been actually done for a while. And uh, you know, I think that uh, there was a lot of attention uh, to detail. Um, I'd say that the there was a sequence where I I was just like, I don't know. It it, it, uh, it well, it made me think of the the Star Wars prequels in a way, and I am going to invoke a fairly famous sequence uh, location in in one of the original Star Wars movies. The undersea Jabba's palace that they went to, that included a a you know singing band and a Jabba-like character. Is that somebody from the comics? Uh, I'll ask you guys because I no
0: that uh, was that, that was Star Wars Envy. Yeah,
1: yeah but but Will, you uh, did you had a there was a, a tell from that character that helped you identify who the, the oh. voice actor was. Yeah, right?
2: very early on, I just heard in the voice, I was like, oh, it's Martin Short because it sounds a little bit like Jiminy Glick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I know. So it's 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 almost like you could imagine Jiminy Glick being like, "So why do you fuck fish?" You know. You could just see him asking something like that. But um yeah. So um, I, and I, you know, again, that's the justification for him going to get Orm is like, well, he knows this guy but that it's also like yeah but you know i mean this guy pretty much wants to kill you so you probably could kind of cut him loose at that point but yeah that
2: was, you think about the writing of that too where it was like orm's like we can't just be using your muscles all the time to pick fights okay and then they go to the place that apparently orm is needed to be at and orm goes all right flex your muscles and then they just fucking get into a fight anyway and i'm like <laughs> okay all right we just just say just who cares like <sighs> <laughs> it's a mess, and I think it's a mess also in part because there was a lot of cooks in the kitchen, a lot of restructure and changing. And oh, you're watching you're watching this poor Frankenstein version of a movie where like they might as well just release everything as it's originally intended and who cares anyway, because it's not gonna go anywhere. Put Ben Affleck in it, put Mike put him and Michael Keaton in it. Dupe show and board.
1: George Clooney.
2: And yeah Clooney. <laughs> Did Clooney shoot a cameo for it too?
1: No, no, no I'm just saying put him in too, though you know uh, it's just like just get, go all the batman you know get a cgi adam west in there you know there's so many different things you can do um thomas uh in general you you know it seemed like there were a lot of things that really uh worked you know we've spent a lot of time talking uh about about arthur and Orm, uh what are some other things that kind of stood out for you in terms of you know things that you you feel like were engaging as the the movie was unfolding for you
0: what i thought was interesting when when they got at the root of the sibling rivalry the fact that orm had been told by his father your brother will one day come to take your crown right and and Arthur tells him, actually, I didn't really want it. You just, you're a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and that's something, again, in the comics, Arthur has been replaced as King of Atlantis multiple times over the years. I mean, they never killed Volko, but at one point, Volko took over because Arthur was spending too much time on the surface and people, you know, everybody got ticked off at him. So uh, the whole political thing, which they didn't for me, the first movie and I think the first movie worked despite its flaws. And I could not explain to you, because I didn't think that script was particularly sharp. Same. It was just just big, dumb action. And it's like, people like, you know, women like Jason Momoa, you know, shirtless.
2: But it, it just worked for some, and I feel the same exact way. I'm like, why do I really like this movie? I feel like I'm, I have this thing I've been feeling about a lot of movies where it's like the um some of its parts is greater than the whole where you're seeing the individual things that you like and just letting those be enough you know and you're like okay that's fine with me
1: yeah, I mean uh I I I feel like well you were downright protective of the first one because we've uh discussed on record multiple times that uh someone we went to the first one with uh did laugh at a point where something not particularly funny was happening. I so you were like, Dude, that's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> uh, but uh and uh, if, if if only uh, if only uh, Agent Romanov were able to have uh, attended this with us, I I, I, I was wondering. I, I'm still wondering. Maybe one day we'll find out if if she sees it, what she thought of it. But um, will kind of the same question though. Let's focus on on some of the things that you think to work. And look, uh, I know that uh, Manta in the first one uh, wasn't something that stood out, but uh, you know, me, it's just residual feeling that I just felt like he didn't work in the first one. So it was still not uh, not huge for me, but uh, what, what did you feel like worked well in this? Um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because of seeing the first one. I remember
2: feeling I was like, Manta didn't need to be in this movie. They felt like they wanted to set him up for the sequel, which uh, you could have done all of this organically in the first in this this movie and made sure. that redemption arc his or done so. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. There's a lot of other options, but so, and that was the thing I think that dragged that movie from two hours to two hours and thirty minutes or whatever it ended up being. Um, but he's a cool character, and I and I was glad to see in this one as well. I know it. They see it seems goofy, but he's riding a glowing giant seahorse anyway. And your problem was Manta's helmet. You know what I mean? Like what? Um, no,
1: that, <laughs> I, I mean the the yeah the no the seahorse, the storm cephal- the cephalopod, yeah. all like that stuff. I'm, I'm like it's fine. Uh, yeah. Topo
2: is that his name? Topo? Yeah. Topo. Topo <laughs> Um, He uh, that was my favorite dynamic of that. I'm like I honestly could have done a whole movie with. Aquaman and Topo and like Tombo like has to sacrifice himself in the end to save. And then you have those emotional feeling for a, you know, like a not real character Uh, because it was like, that's when it was like at its silliest and it's inherently so silly. And the design around it is very silly in a fun way. Um, It's beautiful to look at and it's very creative. And it's like, you know, everything is super, super interesting. And even Ryan Coogler was like, we wouldn't have really known what to do with namor and a lot of those things if there wasn't an aquaman that came before us and i actually thought that ended up being part of the problem for the namor story was because like sometimes the swimming people seemed slow and like they had no technology and then sometimes they were super powerful and had a bunch um and this this gets that shit right and it gets the goofy stuff right um and like i said i mean i think all the actors did a fine job i'm not mad at anybody you know that jason Momoa was funny and there was enough jokes and things to to break it up, um,
1: so it, yeah, yeah, and and by the way, if I get an opportunity to put Topo Gigio on the screen, yeah. <laughs> I, I, of course, will immediately go and uh, feature him on there. But yeah, no, and I mean, I think that uh, we should we should talk about Dolph Lundgren uh, because. Uh, you know, I think that. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I think anytime he gets to do anything, we should be like, yeah, we're lucky that we're in a world where Dolph Lundgren gets to keep working. You know, yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't, don't really, you don't see him, but uh, you know, I, I, was kind of excited, and uh, boy, uh, what a, what a long road it's been with uh, Tamara Morrison. Because uh, after that book of Boba Fett, I'm just like, oh, man. I'm like I used to really like that guy. It <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with the actor. I was going to say that... That this
2: fall, you can't blame
1: him. No, you know, I know, he write but scripts. no, I know. The role of a lifetime.
2: Can you imagine?
1: Oh my gosh, yeah, getting to be Boba Fett. Yeah, I get it, but uh, it was just like you know, it was a I don't know residual uh, book of Boba Fett PTSD, I suppose. But uh, in in That's all honesty, gonna... it was. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't really like that. It was just that's one of those things, though. Will, for what you're talking about, it's been so long since the other movie where you're like, oh yeah, right, him, yeah, yeah, e- exactly. You know, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, and uh, interestingly, uh, we saw this film at an AMC, yes. and we expected that we would get the u- usual prerequisite Nicole Kidman right. telling us that they make movies better. We did not. No. And I'm almost thinking that they just they didn't show it. And I'm just like, is it because she's in the movie? Like I, I saw, I went and saw Die Hard in the theater literally on Monday, and it was there. I saw uh, Godzilla minus one. It was there. So it's like this is the first time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You saw poor things last night. So exact theater, theater five. is it because she's in the movie? And, and I'm just like, have I seen yeah. a movie with her since that started? And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I haven't. So I don't know. I, I don't know what that was. But uh, Thomas, it didn't look like you saw it in an AMC. So we, we can't. We have no
2: AMC. Oh,
1: okay. like,
0: where that, where that in
2: Florida are you again? I forgot.
0: I'm in West Palm Beach.
2: West Palm Beach. Okay. So uh,
0: there There is a Regal Theater, which is in. It's kind of ghetto-y. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's not AMC. <laughs> and they have Pepsi products instead of Coke. Oh, my oh. God. My favorite part, two of my students, whenever they went to see movies at AMC, during the Nicole Kidman thing, they would stand up and salute.
1: <laughs> I I have uh, I've had uh, members of the audience stand up and applaud. Uh, I also have had large groups very excited. I've heard, had people recite the Nicole Kidman, uh, you know, like – pretty sure word for word. Uh Did you they know, ever
0: film a new one for her or is it the same old one?
1: They're supposed to there there was talk that uh you know that they were going to do another one. Uh and it's funny how often this comes up on the show, but it's just it's become such a part of you know the experience. And you know, Will like me, you've got the membership. So it it, it would take a lot for me to see a movie somewhere else. It, it has to be a movie that it's it's a smaller film that I feel like will never uh, that will never uh, actually you know end up at an at an yeah. amc you know I
2: was in Florida like a week ago in the Tampa area and I went to two different AMCs. Yeah
0: we oh. have none in West Palm Beach. The closest one is several cities away. Oh
2: that
1: sucks.
2: maybe but, maybe Regal will get bought by AMC. I mean, uh, the, they're both uh, second wind financially. So, maybe <laughs> well, to cool. the
1: extent that there's actual merch, by the way, that you can get. Uh, that. With, uh
0: we that get it. it. I'm surprised we they don't have the a... speech on the back.
1: Uh, yeah,
2: that's want... what they
1: need is a shirt with a really small font. Yes. Uh, where yeah, where it says all of that.
2: I want um, that says heartbreak feels good in a place like this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's actually a great idea. <laughs> the uh, so I, I, I bring that up because one, I I'm fascinated by the uh, well, we reactions both both. that people have to that. I'm oh both. my gosh, who's this? We gotta we got wait, is it gonna be a two-pooch night? Uh, so this Daisy wanted car? to say hi. Daisy wants to say hi. Uh Char- <laughs> if Charles if Charles is sleeping, it's all right. Charles well is on the couch,
2: but I'm dog sitting this little dog named Paul, and he's right oh. next to me, but he runs away when I try to pick him up. I so think Daisy right. heard Will's voice and wanted to come in and check it out.
1: Oh, I haven't seen her in so long. Uh so she Nicole Kidman is I was definitely misled by trailers that didn't want to put too much Amber Heard in it she's not in this movie very much I just expected that maybe you're like okay we're going to get a lot more of her this time nope. and uh you know there's a there's that chunk in the middle where we don't get Amber Heard but it, she's in it a fair amount like I don't think yeah. she you gets hurt early history. in the, What's that
0: Tom. She's in Act 1 and Act 3.
1: Yeah, I don't think she's gone having anything to do with public perception of her. No. I think just for the story, it's like, yeah, she's not going to hang out with uh, with those two. So hard. To be honest with you, yeah. like,
2: not obviously knowing that there's plenty of
1: drama and a lot of
2: problems on both sides of that argument. Sure. It would have been really fucking awkward if they tried to cut her out or recast her, whatever it was, that I'm like, just do it. It's oh, fine. Oh,
1: like, the, uh, the the
0: Dep- the Depsters were demanding yeah. Warner Brothers Discovery recaster.
2: CGI her face with somebody else or whatever. I'm just like, I don't
1: Did she kill somebody? I guess I just don't understand. The no, I mean the, the 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 point is. I think the prevailing opinion is that it, I, I think Tom, you said this. The what came out is that oh, they're both terrible people, but Johnny Depp is a better actor, yep. and uh, you know, a, 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 he can open a movie even yeah. even tomorrow. You know, well, I mean, I if they want to do no, if they want to do Pirates Six or whatever, I, I don't know. I, I, think, uh, I think I think they can know. do it. It's... They were
0: they were talking about replacing him with uh, uh Barbie. I can't even think his name. Margot
2: Robbie. Yeah, Margot
0: Robbie. I'd be down for that because I Jack Sparrow was great for one movie, but by the second movie, I was over him. And, and then he's in, more, <laughs> and he was in three more after that.
1: Yeah. I uh, I I I know that the second Pirates movie ends on a cliffhanger, but I tapped out. I I when he's like running in a giant wheel or something in that movie, I was like, I don't ever need to see any more of these. First one was so well done; it was like the one of the biggest, most pleasant surprises for a movie that I went to see. You know, uh, that first one, the yeah. first. One. <laughs> well, initially
0: there was no subtitle, and then when it started testing well, they gave it a subtitle. And then yeah. we got four more movies. Yeah, <laughs> there was well, a weird.
2: There, like the first three, like crushed. The fourth one was not good at all. Like All Things Considered, and I remember seeing the fifth one in the theater because a friend of mine had done some of the visual effects, and I remember being like, "This is fine." I, it's like the weirdest trajectory. But that first one took people by such surprise, and it opened at a time where you could throw names in a movie, and people were interested, and you had Kira Knightley and uh, or. Not Orlando. Orlando.
1: Orlando Bloom. It was yeah. Orlando Bloom. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
2: And like that was just enough. Um,
1: yeah, no, I know. True. I mean it look it, it and we're
2: struggling now.
1: We're still in a in a different time movie going. People, uh, oh. you have people who realize that they didn't miss going to the movies, they liked being able to just watch it at home and Like, oh, 45 day window. Uh, All right. And, you know, even movies that aren't immediately on a streaming service, it's like, oh, I'll be able to spend 20 bucks and watch it at home. So you still have a lot of that. I mean, I've talked to people who like, really, I, I there's still some people that haven't like. You know I have kids about my age, and you know, my my son's eight, my daughter's six. and they've they haven't taken taken their kids to the movies because, you know, the the time to have started would have been during the pandemic and then it just never really got into the habit. Um, my kids love going to movies largely because of ices, uh, which will and I uh, <laughs> we saw we saw some people walking in with a giant icy and we're like, well, oh, there is some there is some charm about that. but um bringing it back to the lost kingdom, who, who is this movie for in the sense that I'll ask each of you the same question. I'll ask you first Tom. somebody says, Oh, you saw Aquaman. Uh, Should I see it now? Who would you say? Okay. Here's who probably wouldn't want to see it, but who is it like, yeah, you'll have fun. You know what I mean? Like, who do you think this movie is for and who is it not really for? I think it's on a,
0: it's pretty equivalent with the first movie for me. Um, I like the script. A little bit better than the first script because at least things make a little bit more sense. Uh, you know, Manta's motivation is more clear. Orm's motivation is clearer. Um, I don't think that some people will. I, I think some of your hardcore core conservatives will dislike intensely the eco-friendly message. Yeah. Because. Yeah. You know, it's the the uh, the fact that. They're meeting there was a big climate summit recently where they basically said, Hey, this is a problem, everybody agrees, but we're not gonna do much about it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh well, and the fact that Arthur addresses the United Nations, that's another big one, you know. Yeah. So uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, I can see that, but uh, you know, and again, I think people who are inclined to like this movie also have the, the same feeling that we all referenced is well, I don't know if I want to bother only because I know it's not going anywhere, you know, that the, this story in no way really continues. And, you know, I mean, it seems like, you know, scuttlebutt rumor is that Jason Momoa is going to play Lobo and that either, even if he doesn't probably not going to be somebody we see playing Aquaman again, you know? So, you know, I, it's like, I think it's like, you got to be diehard. You got to love, Aquaman, you gotta really like these movies and I'm like, I do think, like Will said it is very well done uh, some of the CGI is a little bit more cartoony than I usually tend to like, but it's not like rampant throughout the movie you know what I mean, it's just, there's there were a couple sequences that I'm like, okay this, this you know, t- takes me out of it just a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I really think that this movie is basically for the diehards. And as we're talking, this is the day that it opened. This is the Thursday afternoon screenings are the first. So we don't really know how it's going to do. But I would say the expectation is uh, that it's not going to be something to be impressed by. You know, I think, uh, really uh, not you million know, million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I saw... that... Go ahead. Go ahead, Tom.
0: What's fascinating is Warner Brothers has has three movies coming out between the, 15, or between the 15th and the 25th. We got Wonka on the 15th, Aquaman 2 on the 22nd, and then we get Color Purple, the musical, on the 25th. It's uh-huh. like you're counter-programming against yourself, Warner's. Yeah. You should counter-program against other studios. It's like we want to
2: – we're trying to appeal to everybody. My, part of me wonders if both Wonka and Aquaman 2, they're just kind of dumping. Like, I don't, I think that they hope, I honestly think that they hope that Color Purple does the best out of all three of those movies. Because- It
0: did better than expected.
2: It's true. I mean, I, that movie, without being mean, I saw that trailer once and I was like, this is unequivocally not for me. Um, Yeah. So- I was
0: pleasantly surprised. Really? Yeah. I was very, very, because when I heard they were making it, I was like, no, stop, why? Yeah. And then when I, I went to see it, and I'm like, you know, and, um, oh, what's his, Deep? Uh, M- I can't think of his name, Chalamet. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, Maybe Chalamet. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I've never disliked him, but I've always wondered why is he in everything, but I thought he was perfectly charming as the young Gene Wilder version of Willy Wonka.
1: Yeah. No, I could see that. Uh, there, there's a part of me that kind of wonders about it and the fact that you were pleasantly surprised by it means that I would probably at least check it out at some point, probably not theatrically. Uh, but you know, look, it's, it's come out. Uh, my wife read, uh, uh, Charlie and the chocolate factory with our our son earlier in the year. And I mean, the conversation I have with my wife is like, well, yeah, we, we haven't watched the Gene Wilder one. I don't know why we would go see this, you know, with a, with yeah, a kid, yeah. you know, it's like, you, you know, and you know, we, the odds of him ever seeing the Tim Burton one are uh, very slim. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I think with that, with the Wonka thing, and it's, it's not even Wonka
2: necessarily. I think I reached my limit for the CGI fest that movies have become like five years ago with the first Aquaman, like that was the threshold. And I was like, this is the last time I really understand how this all works. And now when I see any kind of movie that's that way, I just yearn deeply for it to feel like it's taking place in a real place and there's real texture. Like even when Orm and Aquaman are walking around in that like jungle area, I'm like, they pan out. I'm like, I'm. it's just digital landscapes. I'm not. Yeah. It's, it's none of this is in a real place. I know that it's supposed to be giant plants and shit, but like, at to get unnecessarily nerdy about it, I went back and rewatched all of the Transformers movies up until number five or whatever it was. Oh, the Michael Bay ones, yeah, because I saw Rise of the Beast and I was like, why do I not like this, even though I should love this movie? And it was the same feeling. It was, I was just realized I was watching a cartoon. I wasn't watching like a live action. So I go back to the first Transformers and I was like, this movie is fucking incredible. Regardless of a lot of the issue, like little issues here and there, the way that he filmed real plates and shots and exploding things and then dropped the CGI into the real locations gives it such an incredible difference in feeling of, like go back and rewatch that movie and you'll be like, fuck this. Wow. Like, it still somehow holds up better than a lot of what we're seeing. And I think that's what I just miss is is feeling like the epic awe and scale of things because it feels grounded in some way. And I understand we're talking about a movie where there's underwater glowing seahorses and all kinds of stuff. So it's sort of uh, a moot point. But um, I think at the end of the day, like my feelings on Aquaman 2 are my feelings on Aunt Wonka on any of that stuff, you know, like Marvel's, whatever. I'm just like, I'm just. uh, I saw poor things the night before. It was great. That was. This is my speed now. I'm leaning back into the uh, (laughs) the the uh, more artsy side of things.
1: Yeah. No. And I mean, I I think that's uh, that's sort of just a a big a big part of uh, our. Our little, our little Will Sterling uh, growing up and, uh, you know, <laughs> leaving some of those childhood things behind. I'll be interested to see what our pal uh, uh, John Nolan, the Raging Rhino, thinks when he sees it. Because, uh, Tom, our friend uh, John Nolan, who we've gotten to know through the podcast, uh, saw Justice League in the theater seven times. And those are all the Joss Whedon cut. Yeah. So uh, Joss and- Whedon
0: cut seven times? Yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> and like he uh, even admits that part of it is just because he loves those characters so much to see them together on the screen but uh you know and he he doesn't gush and love everything that comes out but uh so he's a real barometer if he were to tell me he didn't like this uh another buddy of ours who we referenced uh jeff winstead doesn't really go out to the movies very much but uh when there's a time for him to see this i don't know during a Free trial of Max or whatever Uh, I'll be interested to know what he thinks That's sort of what I'm getting At when I think this movie is for people Like that though who kind of see everything You know Uh, The main reason Why you know as much as I I love Having an excuse to go to a, a movie In an afternoon with Will It's like this is coming out this is coming out on the 20, well, the 22nd is the official release date, but we could see it on the 21st. And you know, just the through the end of the year is so busy, and then my kids don't go back to school till January 8th. And like this is like I see it opening day, or maybe don't ever see it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I thought it was important to uh to do one of these because it's you know it's consistent. It's like, you know, if we're if we're doing everything in the DCEU, I think uh, it was good to do it. And look, I'm glad I saw it. And I kind of characterize it because my wife asked me how was it. I'm like, well, it was not bad. It's not great. Uh, Will does this get the patented Will Sterling fine rating, or is it sub fine? Is it fine? Please, oh,
2: I'll give it the I'll give it the solid fine because at this point, there's just no there's no need to shit on like to beat a dead horse. You know no, I mean? like, but when Bram a movie is just an absolute like, a complete like, like,
1: disaster, it you know, was like
2: not, not bad.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's there's movies that need to be beaten, I think. You <laughs> know, for me it was Black Adam, for me, the flash.
2: Well for I me it was flash.
1: God, for, I really for me, did. it was uh, it was not in this universe. But uh, don't worry, darling. Was the movie that I saw, and I know we I, I had a difference of opinion. I was angry. I was hate tweeting from my seat in the theater. <laughs> like I couldn't, I couldn't I go to my I, car. I was so angry. I didn't so, love
2: it, but yeah. I hated it less than you. Yeah. Yes,
1: you did. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I just,
2: one thing which I I think about from time to time because I've dreamed of playing all kinds of superheroes as an actress since I was a little kid, and all of the parts have come and passed me by. Maybe who knows there's a confluence of events coming because i genuinely was like i would of course be take any role if i was cast in something and do it with glee but i'm like oh, it would be so much fun to play booster gold like what a what a goofy silly character and I, they're doing that as a tv show and i'm like oh, ah yeah. if they do it like the peacemaker it could be it could be really really special because he's got that's a that's a surprisingly like deep character that Like, even that one Justice League Unlimited episode. I'm sure, Tom, you remember that one, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like, how the fuck is a Booster Gold episode, like, the best episode of this show? Um,
0: Thanks, Green Lantern.
2: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I I hope that one comes together well. That would be
1: a fun show. So, we're... Correct me if I'm wrong, either of you. Uh, we're not getting anything until the James Gunn's like younger Superman movie, right? There is the Commandos
0: next year. Yeah, is is
1: that theatrical though? No, No. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's so that's the next time they'll be on the big screen, they're gonna do the uh, do the hard reset, you know. when – You know when an appliance isn't working, you pull the plug and you wait a little bit before you plug it back in, and that's basically (laughs) what James Gunn is going to do. So actually, he's like taking the appliance to Goodwill, buying (laughs) a new one
0: with all the bells and whistles.
1: But but yet he was online talking about how great the appliance was, and it's one of the best ever. But at the same time, he's still getting rid of it. Uh, More,
2: More than I was frustrated with the Flash movie was. That fucking hype, man. Oh my God. Like usually I don't like it when people hype a movie up that I want to see because I don't like any expectations. I want to go in as blind as I can. But nobody would shut the fuck up about how like revolutionary that movie was and how like life-changing and incredible. And I was just like, what? How? I'm I'm really, really hoping that we can, um, that with Aquaman at least, we're really just closing the chapter and we can stop talking about all of the past, 10 years worth of nonsense that's been the hate, love, Snyder verse into, you know what I mean? It's like just been such a mess that I'm like, yeah, it's and now it's, a, it's done.
1: It, it, it's, uh, we're a couple months shy of it being 15 years, by the way, because didn't uh Man of Steel come out in 2009? Oh, no, 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 it's, actually, a, it's, it's 10 right. years exactly. I, yeah, I know, I remember now it's it's uh 2013 because the earliest episodes of the black cast were about how Ooh. uh. Man of Steel was coming out within months, you know, yes. within like a month. So, yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, I, look, I, I'm intrigued by uh, by all of it. I think that they get a, they definitely get a chance to shake the edge a sketch and wait before they start drawing again. You know, Marvel has the the task of trying to course correct while you're still you're still driving. You know, you, well, we, you don't you don't get to put the brakes on. And no, uh, actually, they they are putting the brakes on.
0: Deadpool well, 3 this, is this only MCU movie yeah. coming
1: out next year, oh, yeah, now no, that'll be interesting. that Deadpool Everything three is the only on, thing on TV, comes out. yeah, yeah, and it, I mean that obviously is a, a byproduct of the the strikes, but yeah, you're right. I mean, but they're it's not like they're really stopping, and then you know they've got uh, some issues to deal with uh, in terms well, gonna of gonna John say. Major's, yeah, and but. Be. You know, a guy who has millions. millions, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Tom. I was talking about the
0: blade. The blade script is has been a hot mess. I mean, so I mean, when the director bails, when your star is saying the
1: script is terrible, that's bad. The
2: script is bad. That's one point, yeah. Oh god. Yeah, he
1: I mean it's so bad it's so bad that he let Wesley Snipes read it and he's like even I wouldn't have done this. least really? when you know no 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 that's Oh my god, I was like no that's not uh, <laughs> No that's <laughs> not true. That's not true. Wesley Snipes
0: will work for tax <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, so no I know but uh, you know it's uh, it, it'll I don't know. I I always talk about how if I'm sitting down to watch a movie, I I want to enjoy it. I I'm hoping to enjoy it. And uh, I, I hope that when we get another DC movie that uh, we're all talking about how much fun it was and how it's what we wanted, having James Gunn, uh, you know, in, in, well, he's not just in the captain's seat. He's basically every position on the bridge, you know? Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, we'll get that uh, expectation. I mean, I think, uh, Peacemaker was exactly the tone that I wanted But I'm glad I mentioned Peacemaker Because uh, it reminded me That One of the worst aspects of this movie Was the lazy Music usage Born oh, to be wild um, Are no, you kidding me? Born to be wild like, geez, I've never heard that in a film Before yeah. Yeah. I mean the only thing that would have been worse would have been Bad to the Bone By the way that would have definitely That would have uh. been even worse and uh, Spirit yeah, in the honestly, Sky is a great song, but they use it twice. They use both. They use two songs two times. Yeah. And, uh, and I, Guardians, I was, used, Guardians 1 used Spirit in the Sky.
2: Yeah. It was a weird like, like uh, James Gunn kind of music or Thor Ragnarok music choice with the Zeppelin in the beginning kind of feeling. I mean, this didn't have Zeppelin in the beginning, but it was whoever it was. Uh, no,
1: and 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 not to address the content of the film, but uh, the fact that Thor: Love and Thunder had an all Guns and Roses soundtrack, and it's all songs from Appetite for Destruction. I'm like, just put some effort into it. I mean, you know, that is something that I feel like from James Gunn and just what we really got from Peacemaker is like, we're gonna get some good. Me- I don't know. The I was just like, especially when uh, when Bo- uh, Born to Be Wild starts again in the credits. I'm like. I mean, just yeah. try.
2: They missed I... an opportunity to bring back "Who Let the Dogs Out." Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> when they finally that's, team up, I, you but you know that everyone would have been like, "What the fuck!" And everybody would have laughed. It would have been that, great. And in that movie, that, that song could have just had a big comeback.
1: That's a that's a great point. uh And uh, it about it, come on. I uh, so yeah, we're kind of saying like, if you think you might like this movie, go ahead and see it. If you're like, I'm pretty sure I don't want to see Aquaman 2, then definitely just trust those instincts because it's not going to win you over. You know what I mean? It's, you know, somebody reluctantly sitting there with their arms folded. I don't think this movie wins them over. Correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen.
2: No, no, I think you're correct. I I saw Ninja Turtles, the new one, twice in the theater. And the second time I saw it, this woman was on her phone the entire time. And I didn't. there was somebody next to her. And I was like, God, this lady is really obnoxious. But it's like one of those things where I'm like, do I lean across my friend who's sitting next to her and tell her to knock it off? or do? But I'm not kidding. The entirety of the movie, she's on her phone. I,
0: I would have gotten the management to throw her butt out.
2: On her phone. Yeah. And I'm like, her poor date, like whatever. Like there's somebody next to her, but I can't see really. And at the end of the movie, I realize it's her fucking son. She didn't yeah, give yeah. two fucks about that movie or even spending some quality goddamn time with him. Yeah. She's just like on her phone. And I'm like, one- it's clear this movie's not for you. To like <laughs> just give it a give it a go for your son. Are you serious? So like with Aquaman, no. I'm like, get take your kids there and just enjoy it with them. Enjoy it with people who like don't take this kind of stuff too seriously. But yeah, it's certainly not going to change any hearts and minds. And I'm I I I, I hope with some, some glee that conservatives get needlessly angry about the fact <laughs> that
1: a, a, a climate well, story. Uh, before we uh, wind everything down and we, uh, you know, give all of our uh, appropriate plugs and how to keep in touch with us, uh, I do want to use as an example uh, how I think the best way to sell this movie is the Japanese trailer. So uh, let's enjoy this. <laughs> Are you guys hearing it?
2: Why do those speak
1: yeah. I love the way this guy talks over it like it's a Japanese game show. Oh, yeah. I'm the king of Atlantis.
2: True king builds bridges, right? True king builds bridges.
1: King time. i mean they do a great job uh, selling it. i love that guy's voice cursed. you know just sort of that anyway just i a, would love to see that movie <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the, the difference
2: energy to marketing and trailers where
1: you're like oh man i can't wait and then you see it and you're like oh they
2: really know how to sell something <laughs>
1: Anyway, I thought that uh, that was uh, that was a little bit fun. Well we uh, we mentioned it at the top of the show. Will if uh, people want to pre-order your debut novel, uh, please it. let them know where they can do that.
2: That's uh, uh, Amazon and barnesandnoble.com and Noble.com are the, the the easiest places bookshop.org and uh, Goodreads um, Also through the publisher subplot publishing um,
1: rem- Remind us of the title, please.
2: Fame by misadventure. Fame by misadventure. My uh, elevator want an
0: autographed copy.
2: That those will be up probably next month. I'm having my website like figured out, and I'm gonna just so that way I can like fulfill orders from the site for those specifically because I'd be shipping those out directly. So those will be up probably next month. If people want a signed copy, um, my elevator pitch, just in case anybody needs it, is Chinatown meets the Real Housewives. So do <laughs> with that, do with that what you will. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I'm 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 excited for it, and uh, I I will uh, make sure that I get my copy signed uh, by the author himself. Uh, very excited for that. And uh, people can find you, right? Will Sterling yeah. underscore that's still the place, right? Will Sterling underscore on all the things. And
2: I'm just now seeing that trailer. I'm like, if they just titled it Aquaman minus one, we might have been
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, uh, uh, yeah, and. Thomas, uh, people who are, uh, you know, enjoying your thoughts on the film, if they want to find more of uh, that sort of uh, input from you, where do they go to do that?
0: You can find me at Blurred PhD on Facebook,
1: Instagram, X and Threads. Uh, Good old Threads. There was a. There was a minute where I was uh, where I was uh, putting threads in all of my promos, and uh, then I kind of forgot. So uh, <laughs> I'll make sure that I do that. And uh, yeah, obviously we have uh, you know blackcast every week. We have that, and uh, of course uh, the show that I've been doing the last uh, five months or so, Tuesdays at two p.m. Eastern and eleven a.m. Pacific on the Who Are These Podcast Network. Who are these broadcasters? Uh, we had a big, fun pre-Christmas episode uh, this week, uh, including uh, comedian Don Jameson uh, was on with us, and uh, we had some fun. Will, we uh, started celebrating Kismas? Now, you know that uh, I did an episode where we reviewed the Tom Snyder appearance by Kiss from 1979. Right. This was an appearance that uh, Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley made on yeah. the... Uh, the Howard Stern interview in 1993, and all they wanted to do was promote Kiss Alive Three, and Howard was not letting them. And uh, it was, it was, it was some, it was some fun content to dive into. So, uh, anyway, so there's always that, and of course, uh, I, you know, there's going to be some more Christmas celebrating for our audio audience. Our next episode of the Black Cast is uh, going to be an entire episode devoted to Christmas in the Stars. The Star Wars Christmas album from 1979, not to be confused with the Star Wars Holiday Holiday Special special. from 1978. This is something entirely different. And uh, I'm joined by the gang from Shitty Song of the Week, a podcast I've been on a couple times. And uh, we go track by track through all nine tracks of Christmas in the Stars. And you might ask yourselves, it's literally an odd number. Why are there only nine songs? Because track nine is eight minutes. So that'll tell you a little bit about Christmas in the stars, an album that most people don't know about. Uh, and there's a lot of reasons why uh, nine of them really. So uh, you'll get that. And uh, I'll also be repurposing an interview that I did for our friends over at Geekscape. I spoke with a man named Jeremy Kuhn, who directed a documentary about the star Wars holiday special. I've seen it. His, his documentary, a grave disturbance in the force. It's fascinating. It's uh, There's so much that I didn't know about it. Thomas, you've seen it. The footage uh, from the Donnie and Marie show using Star Wars characters and Chris Christopherson playing Han Solo. I'm like, this is even more fascinating than the Star Wars Hollywood yeah, I've uh, yeah. watched this. Yeah. Oh, I, I highly recommend it. And uh, Jeremy and I had a, a lovely chat, so uh, that'll be posted probably Christmas Eve. And uh, we'll have all that stuff. And Plenty of fun musician interviews, things like that coming up. And uh, who knows what else in the new year. But uh, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, threads, Facebook at Christian DMZ. I want to thank Thomas. I want to thank Will. I want to thank everybody uh, who was here as we break down Aquaman 2. Our instant reactions, there really weren't a lot of spoilers to give, just sort of like, uh, oh, you know, Aquaman reveals in the end. You know, the the Flash had so many spoilers in it that uh, it, it's kind of refreshing, you know, to be like, yeah, you don't really have to worry about giving anything away. But uh, so uh, fun chat, as always. We wish everyone a Merry Christmas. I know Hanukkah's passed, but I hope everyone had a happy Hanukkah. But as always, on the Blackcast, we do celebrate Life Day. So happy life Day everybody, and we'll see you next time on the Blackcast.. Way down.
0: to our YouTube channel, The Bladcast. That's B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. You can also subscribe to the audio version wherever podcasts are found. I'm Farad Muhammad, and if you want me to voice your podcast intro, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at F-A-R-D-M-U-H-A-M-M-A-D. We will see you next time on The Bladcast. Naughty. No one that I'm talking to, no friends of mine, no one in this universe, Bedabbler OJ, None of these people are calling your mother. Christian Blatt, I suspect might be calling your mother, but I don't know. Not hundred percent from who are these socials. <laughs> I I I I suspect, allegedly, allegedly. I mean, he did tweet something on Mother's Day. He tweeted something about moms. So I'm assuming that's what he meant. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously. So, you know, I would start looking into Christian Blatt. Blat it. I don't know. Nobody knows how to say it. Nobody knows. But anyway, blatt cast. the blatt cast. And who are these socials? Sorry, the Blattcast. Who are these broadcasts? Timothy. It's Tim. Who are these broadcasts? Thank you. What an amazing day. It couldn't possibly be topped until tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, when Eric Zane and Christian Blatt are live on this same channel of Who Are These Broadcasts? Broadcasts. Not Who Are These Socials, as Cardiff said. Who or Broadcasts. No, I said Broadcasts. Broadcast. Well, you also said Broadcasts. Socials, but yes. Who Are These Broadcasters? is on this channel every Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, with Christian and Eric. They do a, a fa- fantastic job bringing you all the news on broadcasting from the week
1: and, and a lot of silly
0: things that happen on local news. your power has made us immortal. The new
2: kids' era starts now. Oh, yeah. It's the... Uh... I of the Tiger, it's the thrill of the night rising up to the challenge of a rival and they lost no survivor the, the, the
0: great Christian black yes go to the black cast and subscribe there uh because I'm sure all of you are already subscribed to who are these podcasts <sighs> Mr. Blackcast is in the chat. Oh, my God, it's Christian. It's Christian. The Blackcast, $2. Would Nicholas Gurr seated in the groom side? No. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. The Blackcast, thank you, Christian, for another $2. Should we assume the groom chose the videographer? Perhaps. We have so many heathens now. I'm reading out all of them. I'm sorry, all y'all. Uh, we got one gifted to Lesser Logic, one to the Blackcast, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch got lucky this time, Christian. How do we kick a heathen out? No, I'm just kidding. He's one of the most OG heathens that have
1: ever heathened. This is my friend Christian. He this this little fucker does. Know oh,
0: blackcast.
1: Yeah, Christian. I've already forgotten about you, Christian. Who? <laughs> this is why you're stupid, Christian. That's why you're dumb. Christian's also a huge Doctor yeah. Who fan. How dare we find masculine men hot? That's crazy. Sorry, <laughs> sorry
0: Christian. Can you please call Christian Blad after this and explain yeah. to him quality control? <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Thank you. We're fighting for our right to live the way we need to to exist in a festive world for fifty-five to fifty-seven full days. <laughs> and the Bladcast showing up, my buddy Christian. Hello. I'm Conrad Dane. What's the matter, Senor Luigi? You look a
0: little nervous. I'm
1: very nervous. No invite. <laughs> yeah. Who are you? Christian Bland?
0: Christian,
2: you're, senor, you're a talker.
0: Talk about, you're like the I worst podcast ever.
2: Well, this has been the black cast. You can find me at Christian DMZ. Jeff Durey, not on Twitter.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting ready to break into a Slim Jim. Yeah. Right on not a good game <laughs> but you haven't heard christian blatt do it <laughs> oh, that's out. true i forgot christian blatt <laughs> did that with us the, the blatt like cast so thank you christian you how is it that wendy game, is so I much so better at this than stud stu- joe chad out and, out. and yeah. kevin brennan whoa oh, hacka hackers as Pissed off as Vinny is at you, yeah, you yeah, should yeah. be at Christian Blatt and Eric Zane. <laughs> this one came in from uh, my buddy Christian Blatt. The Blattcast, thank you for the 199 Christian. Christian. Uh, Cardiff, grab your guitar to play Whole lot of Rosie. Mousies. The Blattcast, 199 Who's had more hands up their bum, Chad or Tukey? <laughs> Chad, thank you, Blattcast. Blattcast. The Blattcast Blatt Blatt is 100% right. Uh, the Blattcast. The Blattcast. The Blattcast. One of the best podcasts you can ever see, The Bladcast. Whoop-de-doo, we're watching it. We got no
1: Wi-Fi. We can't hear a thing, but we love it.
0: Go watch The Bladcast. Good luck with the whole thing. And, you know, here's to another 500. Get you to 1,000, you know, which is more
1: than 500. Last time I said.
0: Totally forgot. I am doing The Bladcast tomorrow. Uh, The
1: Bladcast, 499. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. We're closed. (laughs) That was not
2: my fault. Tookie loves you all more than a friend. I love Tookie. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> hacka, hacka!
1: I'm so excited!
0: Try anything and you cancel, bro.
1: Let's <laughs> see.
2: Oh, yeah! I was uh, sent down from Washington, D.C. to see about these murders. See what about them? See who's doing it. Welcome to the party,
0: pal! Mickey is no tin dog. Oh,
2: yeah! Naughty. And stories
1: feel perfect and powerful because here they are. AMC Theatres, we make movies better.